We are back with another episode of the Coys R Us podcast, episode 59. Joel's here along with Ben and Jesse. Jesse, welcome back. Uh, wish we had something nicer to welcome you back with. Um, it's going to be a guys only pod today because Kimmy's not <laughs> Guys, not out. Um, and we're back with uh, another. Disappointing Tottenham loss uh, for the third time in a row. We scored first and then went on to lose the game. Uh, this time at home to Aston Villa. Spurs won Villa 2. And we also saw the return and quick exit of Rodrigo Bentancur, who had his first start after nine months out and is now allegedly going to be out for another two and a half months. So um, what I'm thinking today, what we could do is thinking about the Villa game, thinking about the schedule that we have upcoming. There's positives, there's negatives. I think we should just get all the the bad stuff out. (laughs) What's all the bad stuff. And then, you know, maybe we can shift to, to what there is to be happy about. Um, or thankful for since we just finished the Thanksgiving holiday here in the States. You're so, really turning this into a therapy session here, then, right? <laughs> this is what Spurs do, right? This is this is what Spurs podcasts are all about, is about is about therapy. For those of you who are listening to this after us losing three games in a row, I'm sure you're looking for a little therapy. So Ben, I'll start with you. Obviously, losing is bad, but is there anything out of this game or out of the last few sets of games that are areas of concerns. Uh, yeah, well, the the Wolves game I would say was was the most concerning. The Chelsea game, I mean, so much went against us on that in that match. I think it's kind of hard for any team to win with nine men on the field and losing, you know, almost your whole entire defensive line and your creative midfielder. So that that was dark, but at the same time, you could see a lot of positives from it. Uh, Wolves, I know, last week or two weeks ago, I guess I was trying to. Put the the look through Jesse's rose tinted prism, the rose tinted glasses at it, um, and just say at least we were able to you know keep that kind of performance tight with almost none of our you know normal starting defenders. Um, that was the most dire game, pun intended there too. But um, huh. the the Villa game was. It was interesting to see because Ange went full Ange. It seemed like I mean to play with four fullbacks. To play, I mean Brian Hill in there for Christ's sake, Kulseski for you know potential future uh, Ballon d'Or winner Brian Hill. Um, but having Kulseski there, having Lacelso come up with that, I know you're looking for negatives, but basically the yeah, Wolves I was about to say game, you switch you switch positive real quick. Yeah, but the, the Wolves game, the Wolves game was the negative one, and just the fact that we have so little cover for positions and that we have to resort, we have to go that deep in our bench that quickly. Um, Losing another midfielder. I mean, Christ, what do we have like 11 starting 11 players injured at this point? Yeah, there's a, like whole, there's a whole there's a whole lineup of, of, of injured players. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Obviously, the big concern for us right now is all of the injuries. Um, it seems like ever since that Chelsea match, uh, players have been dropping like flies. And, and to be fair, we've had injuries even prior to that. Um, Perisic only played one game. He's not going to be back for the rest of the season. I don't think Sessegnon's played at all this year. 
Uh, Manor Solomon was injured before Chelsea. But in terms of the guys that we really rely on, um, the Van de Vens, the Benton Kers, the James Madison, uh, even Richarlison now, um, is that's obviously the big concern. And Jesse, I guess the, the big question that I think people are asking now is like, what is a realistic expectation considering the fact that our the lineup that we want has basically been decimated? Yeah, I think it um, it's not what you want. Um, uh, the 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 song that keeps coming up, uh, uh, who is that? Drowning pool. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the right. bodies hit the floor. <laughs> exactly. Uh, every time that it seems like somebody's going down, um, you know, uh, absolute, you know, would just like to say we are an anti Matty Cash podcast. Oh, one hundred percent. So just to get that out of the way, very very sternly anti anti uh, Matty Cash. Um, so uh yeah it's it sucks but i i think um that should have been a red i I thought that we didn't even think about looking at it was a red was was confusing but more egregiously um my my baby boy brian getting a the elbow in the face purposeful elbow they didn't even like talk about it they were just like yeah well nope nothing uh, uh ball out of play there for spurs and it was like even if it was an unintentional that that could have been a penalty um, just because it was of, of how, how much he got clocked by it. Um, but it's like they checked to see if it was a handball. And so since it wasn't there, like nothing else to see here, even if we saw. And again, we... now some of that stuff, I don't know. Cause like, cause there was the other, uh, one of the other 15 goals that's gotten called back in the last uh, three games. They, um, I thought that they, oh no, this was, uh, I'm getting my, my football and American football confused. Um, there was a play, I think on Sunday night football where they, they reviewed a play uh, for like out of bounds. And then when they, in the NFL, when they review something, they review everything, whether that you're looking at the out of bounds, they make sure they're, they're doing that in the premier it. league too. That was the well, obviously not in this case, they should have looked up a uh, 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 baby boy, Brian, just getting, just having a, having a freaking elbow sandwich for lunch. Um, but no, on the negative stuff, I, I think the the most difficult thing, not only you know, uh, again with another injury, uh, and we we know we've said from the beginning this is yeah, you know, there's going to be growing pains and difficult you know parts of the of the season with uh, with getting a new manager in and all that stuff. But this one was like an incredibly incredibly winnable game with a wacky, crazy lineup. Um, and what frustrated me the most in this was just that like Villa were fighting for, for fourth, fifth, what it's going to ultimately probably end up being five teams that make it to champions league. But this was a difficult one to, to, to concede three points to a team, a rival team that we're competing right now, at least for top five with uh, that part was, was frustrating. Like you can still, we could have still learned a lot in this game and drew or learned a lot in this game and won, but to learn a lot and then, and then lose that, that was pretty difficult. So um, yeah, that part, uh, that part sucked. Um, well, what do you think we learned? Uh, I think that, that trust big Ange. like if we had two crossbars, we had three goal, three goals ca- called back for, uh, for offsides. Um, we only allowed, and I know that's their game. I saw that after the game that they've forced, I think like, almost twice as many offsides than the, than the next most team, which right. is Liverpool. Yeah. So that's their thing. It's just, that's trap. their thing for sure. But that we couldn't get one of them, you know, that, that all three of those were, were called back from, from Sonny. 
Um, and he was uh, offsides a lot. It seemed like he was uh, giving a tribute to the injured Richarlison there. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, that I think that we learned that like that to trust Ange because you know half of that lineup was was second choice. Even ones that weren't second choice weren't necessarily playing in their in their most comfortable yeah. position. So it's like trust Ange, trust the process that we. By all accounts, we we should have won that game. We gave up one goal from uh, from open play, um, and it was a really really just great finish um, by Ali Watkins. And um, Ali Watkins got to be up there in the in the all British um, name uh, at the end of the season. Just what a British name! Um, uh, but I think that, sounds like you a know, Dickens character. Yeah, right. But like we <laughs> we learned we learned a ton um, that, that, that yeah trust Ange and, and we can do some crazy things in this team um can can compete even when we're down to to you know four or five six um first choice guys out um and that Andrew's going to try something and uh, yeah the the other game, goal that we gave up I think if we don't have four fullbacks there I don't imagine we we if we have one center back I I'd say it maybe even if Dyer was able to sub in just for that um, free kick at the end of the first half where they scored, just having someone that's used to organizing a line like that on a, on a free kick. I think maybe you have a little bit more um, defensive responsibility and direction um, probably with a bunch of fullbacks that, you know, maybe been like, well, who's, who's going to. That was the trade off though. Right. Cause oh, yeah, Dyer would have sure. gotten torched by Ali Watkins. How many times? I mean, that would, I think that would have gone worse that way. I, I think that one of the things we learned most, and it, this is just adding on to what you said really about trusting Ange, is the two games after which he made huge changes to the teams were the Brentford game and the Wolves game, where we, I think everybody could see that we weren't playing his style. And you, you could see the teams sitting back. You, that was when we had, uh, it was more Hoybier and Skip, I believe, in the in the first one. And then obviously Dyer and Hoybier resorting to last year's tactics a lot more. So I feel like him really shaking things up it's hopefully just going to instill more confidence in the players that again, that he'll accept the losses right now because we're trying to learn, we're trying to grow, we're trying to build something. Obviously saying this at the end of this year or next year, it starts to become, you know, a little bit more hollow, but at this point in the season, it, it sucks because the, the the run of fixtures is going to make this likely at least four in a row. And then who is right after that? It's like West Ham and Newcastle. I mean, that's, that's a pretty tough schedule. I really wish that we had, been able to pick up like you were saying this game um and obviously wolves would have been nice too but it is what it is we just have to i guess kind of uh hope that the team is buying in the same way that some fans are at least and cutting them some slack being able to see that there's context to what's going on right that we're, we played much better this week than we did a couple weeks ago and we're also hitting a really difficult uh stretch of matches so yeah yeah, I mean, I think the context is definitely key. I think there's a difference between looking at the results. They went unbeaten for 10 games, and now they've dropped three in a row. That sounds really bad. <clears throat> if you're actually watching the games, you know, that, that context adds a lot more clarity to, like, the bigger picture. Um, obviously, all of the injuries are playing a very large part in it, and I think we had some concerns about, what might happen when when and if guys got injured it seems like they all got injured at the same time so that sucks but what you guys are saying about the villa game like it sounds crazy with us scoring one goal and losing but 
I was actually having a lot of fun watching that game. Like it was, it was an entertaining match of football. Well, I'm um, sure Jesse can tell us how many expected goals we had. And again, you said you said I think that the goals if they get uh, ruled offside, and obviously that they doesn't were count as XG. That doesn't it's count. Not actually right. a, a shot. So right. So um, three goals ruled out again, hitting the woodwork twice, having more than two expected goals. That's a rough. That's just an unlucky day at the office. You know, our our XG was two three two two point three four. We had 18 shots to their 15, eight on target to their five. Um, same amount of big chances, and we had 62% possession. I mean, there were a number of missed chances even in the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, the amount of chances that were created, you got to think, number one, if we have our main 11 in there, maybe the game is done and dusted before halftime. But number two... And I think as we talk about the positives and negatives, this is kind of sitting in the middle where, you know, guys have got to finish those chances. And I understand that Sonny is playing in a different position now, but he's been there for majority of this season. And you, you want him to be able to stay on side, especially with that breakaway goal that he had. Um, you know, if he times that differently, maybe he still is able to score that. So, I mean, Yes, we don't have the players that we have, but I do feel like if we are going to be able to create that many opportunities, we've still got to bag them. I mean, Kulisevsky hitting the bar and Destiny Udogi having a breakaway and blasting it over the crossbar. Like, I mean, even the goal that we had was a little fluky, right? Like, that's probably the best. So, overall, I think that's the best our attack has looked, though, no? Between the midfield and, that, and the front that's three. The, that's the irony of it, right? Yeah, right. Like, yeah. that's, it's like the, we're. I. I don't think you could look at the Villa game and say Angeball doesn't work. You certainly can't point fingers at the manager after watching that game. It's really just like guys got to finish their chances. We're going to have sustained injuries for a while. We're getting Basuma back. We're getting Romero back after the City game. Um, so we'll have a little bit more cover, but there's still going to be a few guys out until the new year. And so the guys that are in who are getting those opportunities, your LaCelso's, your Valises, your... Um, LaCelso looked great. That's like the, uh, that's the best he's looked, obviously, at Spurs in two-plus years. I mean, that, that's right up there with his uh, little short stint where he was the best player on our team during, was it the, the Jose COVID uh, you know, project yeah. replay. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, let, we, let's talk about Celso for a minute because I, I do feel like we talked on the pod about like what might happen if he's able to get a run. Madison's out. He seems like the most obvious replacement. Um, it actually ended up being, you know, Kulisevsky, uh, who was in the 10th spot. Who also but... was good, though. I thought that he looked really good, too. He looked really good in that free kind of uh, roaming Madison role. Yeah, um, I think one of the things that we had talked about was like, what happens if he actually gets more than 20 minutes and what happens if he's able to actually play with a bunch of starters. And we kind of saw what might happen in that situation. Um, he looked really good. He scored a goal, which I don't remember the last time he did. That was probably in like Europa conference league, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, he came in, you saw Hill come in. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I know Jesse's excited about Hill. I'm still not really on board, but I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you give a, a Hill spiel. 
Go ahead. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I mean, he looked good. He looked like he was he was getting in a, into some spaces. He should have drawn a penalty. He looked like he was making some uh, some good moves. Um, he had, I think, he had an early shot. Um, I know he had a cross. To, I know yeah, he had a he had cross a, that that he uh, a tasty that sunny cross. Miss. He had, he had um, an early shot too. It was it was a little bit tame, but it wasn't a terrible shot. Yeah, no, either. I think it was right in the belly of the keeper or something. But I was ready for it. I was on the edge of my seat, ready to 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 fire off. Uh, a bunch of fist pumps. How much of start... your love for heel is legitimate? And how much of it is because he's like a lost puppy with a little mustache and a bull cut? <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I'm not saying he's the, you know, like, he's not like, oh my God, this is the greatest prospect since so-and-so. Obviously there's guys that are his age or but older. Part of it is because what he looks like running around out there, right? He yeah, seems probably. like energetic as hell. And he seems like a, a middle schooler playing with the high school varsity or something. It's yeah, like, and- if that guy actually makes it good, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, he he again he like it's it's a little bit of like um you know I'm trying to think of a, of another player comparison but like he he obviously doesn't have the perfect build that, that doesn't have a great build for what you want for this league but it seems it's like not he's like similar to Modric though I just know it's a different position but yeah he feels a little taller than Modric maybe yeah, so like yeah. he's like with the same Low weight so just gravity. a little bit lankier but not like a different kind of lanky than Sar where Sar looks a little bit more like silky with it. I don't know, but like, I think, yeah, definitely his build and his long hair and his little sad mustache play a part in it. But like, no, I, he's seen, like, I, I kind of have my blinders on for Hill when he, when he does something that is not good. And I just perk up and, and, and embrace ingrained into my memory, the stuff when he shows a flash or shows something specialist, especially where, you know, there were times where he was doing this stuff, uh, you know, under under Conte, where it didn't very, very briefly, because then he was shipped off. But it was stuff that was like nobody else in our team's doing those kinds of movements right now. Dribbling, so. taking players on from the wing. That's mainly I think he had I think he had three uh, uh, dribbles in this in, in the match. I think it was like three or four. Which that's so, the only other I, guy we had is Parasic that would do even try that. Right. Right. Kulisewski always cuts back to his left. Um, I don't even know what Solomon's move was exactly. Brennan well, Hill's also pretty one footed as well. Um, I mean, I'll say this: he he did play well against Villa. Um, I I thought he had a he had a pretty good game. When I'm watching, when I was watching him on Sunday, the word that kept coming to my mind was circuitous. Messy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> messy. Um. Like I feel like he he knows how slight he is and he knows how easily he gets pushed off the ball. And so he'll like make these kind of circular movements when he's trying to get out of tight spaces instead of kind of like bouncing off of a player the way that Kulisevsky does and can. Um, it's almost like he tries to like dribble around into open spaces to avoid other players. Um, so instead of going from A to B, he's kind of going like A to K to B. Yeah. Um, it's like how they draw a kid's cartoon playing soccer where it's like. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, I all over the place. Obviously, we're going to need him to play for the foreseeable future. Um, I don't know how healthy SAR is. It seems like there's still question marks about whether or not he's going to be ready for Sunday. Obviously, Madison's out. Benson Kerr's out. Um, and so I want to see the Geo uh, Kulu pairing in midfield again, and that's probably with Hoybier playing the six. Which that's I mean, w- w- there's not really much else you could do. Not a whole lot of other um, choices. 
but yeah, I, I want to see the Kulu and Lacelso uh, midfield again, just to prove that was because those were the two best players on the field, and they're the ones that created. They they were the hockey passes for all for all those chances, right? Because yeah, Kulusevski and, and Lacelso were certainly our men of the match. And in the post game, he was interviewed. <laughs> right, yeah, uh, he, he that's third place. Kulusevski was interviewed after the game, and he said something along the lines of like he said something about I felt like the real De- Dejan. Um, uh-huh. so I don't know if that was him trying to signal, Hey, I need to be playing in the 10 spot more often. Yeah. Is that like a but tweet? To, it to was kind of like, yeah, we, he said like, yeah, we lost, but I feel like I had a really good game, <laughs> but you don't hear players say that often, but I feel like he was trying to say like, yeah, like I actually was feeling good out there. The results sucked, but I think we saw like, there was a lot of questions I think from the fan base about, you know, Maybe we should try him at the 10. Can he play it? And it sounds like from what he's saying, he actually prefers that to the right wing, which is funny because we haven't played him in the 10 at any point over the past two years um, other than than Sunday against Villa. So um, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out because I think now you kind of have him as a creative option as well as Lo Celso, who was playing more of a box-to-box role. Well, I, I was wonder- creating a lot from that just- position. I wonder what, and what you're saying there is though is that Lucelso Kulu might make a better pairing, whereas Saar and <clears throat> and Madison kind of play off each other because Madison is pure dominance in terms of creativity and dropping deep and playing all over the place, and Saar is playing almost that Sissoko kind of thankless shuttling role and just covering a ton of ground, whereas Lucelso and Kulu are kind of more similar to each other. They're both extremely one footed. They're both like pretty good pressers and they have some motors, but they're not the um, they don't they don't appear to have the creative drive quite as much as Madison to really try to grab the game. Like they can both be passengers a little Yeah, bit. I mean I think it came off though, because even if yeah, you're watching that first I mean. half, it's almost like you had two guys in the 10 spot with LaCelso kind of favoring the left. And, it's like and, two eights instead of an eight and a ten or something. Right. Like yeah, 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 yeah. I would yeah. say nine if that didn't already mean something else. But yeah, they, they might complement each other fairly well there. It's kind of what I was getting at. And, and I don't know if, if one of those guys with Sar would be I mean, who knows what could happen. I I would think Lacelso maybe I mean we haven't seen him in a long time, but that they're not as prone to like doing the dropping deep and trying to be a deep line playmaker and then all of a sudden popping up as the true ten and sliding through balls or, you know the way that Madison does. They they seem to be a little bit more yeah, playing as two eights. They they fit the system pretty well, actually. Of course, looking ahead, <laughs> City away. And you you talked about the upcoming fixtures. Um looking at the next two weeks, we've got City on Sunday, follow City away on Sunday. Then we're back at home for West Ham on Thursday the seventh. Then Newcastle at home on Sunday the tenth followed by Forest away on Friday the 15th. So, um, yeah, it's not going to be an easy run of games. Two at home um, against the London rival and against Newcastle, um, who had a pretty tough draw in the Champions League earlier today. Um, I think in terms of Ange and in terms of like people keeping their faith in him, obviously I, I feel like he's – has a lot of credit in the bank right now because of the way that our season started, which exceeded everyone's expectations. And I don't think anybody's panicking right now. If three losses turns into five, six, seven, then I think we would have, we would be well within our rights to panic, even with 
all of the injuries because you simply can't lose that that much in this league, even if you are playing um, some of your lower guys. City's going to be the next challenge. I think most of us are probably not going into that game with a ton of confidence. However, um, this is a team that we've found weird ways to beat. Um, was listening to uh, some of the the this podcast with a bunch of different journalists from London earlier today, and they were saying that like the way that we've been able to beat City um, over the course of the past few years has been kind of playing back playing a defensive position, sitting back, and then kind of using Kane and Son on the counter to score, which is obviously not what Pastapaglu right, is going to do. Now. And so how do you see this Ange system working against a City team that also plays a high lines, very similar to what we saw with Villa? Um, obviously, we had plenty of chances. I don't know that we're going to have 60% or 65% possession against City away. Um, so I, I'm just curious to know, how do you guys see our system playing against this City side? I could see us setting up with a, a similar starting 11. It, it, maybe not the exact 11, just I can't see Ange going back to, um, you know, Dyer and Hoybier. It's I mean, we're probably going to no, have Hoybier no. in there. I mean, it, it, it definitely did not work against Wolves. Right. Um, and I know that they don't, I don't think like who, who does, who does, I mean, Holland, I guess can get behind. He's not quite, maybe he is as fast as uh, Ollie Watkins. He just looks ungainly at it, but he, he obviously is going to be a threat and he's, he's like, how tall is he? He's pretty tall, right? Like well over six feet. He's, he's a big boy. Yeah. He's got to be six, three, six, four. So I'd, I'd be worried about playing those four fullbacks and then any uh, set piece that city got. <clears throat> just having to deal with their center backs and their forwards that are all taller than every single player on our team. Um, but I, I would see, Ange, I think Ange is going to stick with something pretty attacking and, and try to take it to city a little bit. I just think if you try to sit back against city with tactics that we're not used to and players that haven't played very much, it'll look like wolves, except for it'll be five, one instead of two, one. Like, I, I just don't think that the, well, I mean, I agree. I think Ange is going to play Ange ball. I think Wolves is probably the last time we'll see anything like Wolves. My question is more so, how do you think it's going to come off against City? Uh, um, I mean, considering the fact that they are still Man City, they're still a dominant team, but they they haven't looked the same yeah. as they have in years past. They're not scoring I, I, as many goals, um, and they're they're coming off of two successive draws. I, so I, I don't think I'll be able to bring myself to pick Spurs winning this game, um, but... I think we could. Wow, hold our the own. the wish the wish cast master is uh is yeah. pulling back on his promise here. Yeah, I mean it's that's that's a you only get so many wishes a season, and none of mine have come true anyway. So, uh, but yeah, no, I can see us holding our own with City, or because like you said, City have not seemed as high flying, and they've they've also shown even when they are do, playing really well, they don't really go for the jugular that often. It doesn't seem like they not like they used to. Definitely, yeah, not. they'll score a goal or two early, and then they will kind of sit back. And hell, maybe that plays right into our you know, their hands as far as then they sit back and then they catch us on the counter and end up beating us 5-1. But um, I don't know. I, it'll, I'll be curious to see the tactics. Like I said, I, I don't think I can pick Spurs to win at this point just because we're, we're so shorthanded. But um, I would definitely like to see us be positive. And I think that's what we will do. 
Yeah, of, of all the big teams, I feel we're 100 percent going to be going to be attacking and positive. I, I think obviously that does open us up with the with the backline that whatever backline will be running out there. Um, you know, Holland only needs a, a second, and they've got other guys that can put the ball in the back of the net. But um, like City hasn't, you know, looking at at other top teams they've they've played this year, uh, reverse chronologically, most recent they they drew Liverpool. They were in a wild four-four draw with uh, with Chelsea. That was a, a fun game to watch as a, a neutral. Um, whatever you think of Man United, they beat Man United 3-0. That was like their most convincing win against another good team. Um, but they lost to Wolves. They lost to Arsenal. Um, they lost in the cup and won in the league against Newcastle, both uh, 1-0 uh, matches there. So they've blown out bad teams. Um, before, but they've they've been pretty close with uh, with most of the good teams that they've faced. So I don't feel like you know famous last words and all that, but like this 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 city team doesn't feel as uh, as rolling and loaded as previous city teams, um, despite them having a, a tremendous goal differential. Like I said, which uh, you know a lot of that I think they have a goal differential of twenty. I think ten of that was was in two games where they they thumped somebody. Um, so yeah, I think we'll we'll absolutely uh, be going forward and and uh, and attacking and um, again for whatever reason, despite them having the most domestic success by far of every other team in the last four or five six years, I would bet that we also have more success against them than any other top six team. Um, I heard a stat today over that the last several years. Ever since Pep joined City. Um, Spurs have beaten them more than any other side other than Liverpool. I think we've both beaten Pep City seven times. Um, so for whatever reason, even when we're and that's not four or five managers, well. so it's, yeah, so it's exactly. not, it's yeah, that's it's Nuno, different lineups, it's all that. That's so. Mason, that's Conte, that's Mourinho. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess the question that I was going to ask you, Jesse, is like, do you feel like this is a must win game? Um, considering kind of everything that we talked about with where we are. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to be actually expecting a win. And obviously, if we do drop this, then you're looking at West Ham at home as a, as kind of a must-win game. But is there pressure in this game, or is this like, hey, it's City away, you don't expect points, and just do what you can? I think there is pressure still. Um you know, and, and again, who who cares about that pressure? Where does it come from? All of the points are worth the same. You don't get extra points for beating City away um, versus you know that's that's three points if we beat. It'd be City nice away, if you did points. though. Be nice yeah, if they gave us it's, four. It's three points if we if we beat uh, Luton Town at home, right? All the points are the same. So, um, you know, and 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 like whatever the the thought about pressure, um, you know, is is uh, however we feel about it. Like internally, I think. Um, or from fans or what have you, but like, I, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, because we've been sitting on, we were top of the table on 26 points and then we're now fifth with 26 points and we could be, we could drop with a loss depending on other results. We could drop to seventh um, on goal differential if, uh, if United and Newcastle win and we lose. So I think there's a little bit of that pressure because you don't want to see a team that, you know, go from first to seventh in the span of four weeks um not great which, bob which could actually absolutely happen again like the the funny thing about this is all just the timing of the results right like if if we if we were just eight two and three 
you know, a third of the way through the season and 26 points, you're like, wow, look at this. Angie's already got the boys doing stuff or showing promise. But the fact that we started out with 10 unbeaten and then dropped three straight, the the order order matters. Um, so that's going to look weird. So no, by no stretch is it a, is a must win. Um, but it is, I think there is like an expectation where, where the pressure will rise if we, you know, go from 10 unbeaten to, to losing, uh, losing four straight. Uh, I think that the pressure will definitely get up because I, I forget what you said about the um, the schedule coming up next, but it's not as if it's uh, it's not as if it's getting um, much easier, uh, you know, over the next city uh, hammers, the next week. Newcastle and then forest. Yeah, that, that West Ham game probably will at least feel to a lot of people like a must win, obviously depending on what we do against city, but that's going to be critical just because if you drop that and you've lost five in a row and then you have to go to away to Newcastle, I mean, yeah, I think that depending on what happens against city, I really think that that West Ham game will be a must, must win just for the, for the uh, psychology of the fan base and the journalists writing about them. Well, you were, you were mentioning in our group chat earlier this week, uh, Jesse, that, you know, ever since we brought up the, the, the triangle on the pod, we haven't won a game. <laughs> um, and so, you know, obviously when you we mess around with the dark arts and you get a spell cast upon you. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if, if I'm taking full credit for that. Cause I feel like, uh, Spurs bad juju has been around a lot longer than, than this podcast has. Um, but obviously when you think about, the sides of the triangle, right? Getting your hopes up, getting disappointed and starting to believe again. You know, we, we asked a few people on Twitter how they felt about this, but uh, now I'm, I'm recognizing that we probably should have asked after the Benson card news came out because maybe the results would have been different. 54% said starting to believe again, which is pretty decent. I'm wondering now that we have this news, but we know that Basuma is coming back. Um, Romero will be back for the West Ham match. Where are you guys on the triangle currently? I think I'm still I think I'm still believing for now. Um I think how this next two matches go is probably going to uh determine how I feel after the West Ham match. But for now, going into the city game, I like I said, I had a lot of fun watching that game against Villa. It sucks that we lost, but it was entertaining as all hell and I think that's something that we've missed for a while there. So I mean, I, I'm still starting to believe, and uh, I'm just wondering where you guys are with it. I'll probably be stuck at starting to believe for for a little while. Um, I think because it's I'm still not going to be optimistic, and like I said, it's going to be a process. We're not going to just be. I mean, Andrew would re- could retire and be the the best uh, if he just took Spurs from what we were last year and 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 won the league without a without a you know challenge. Um, like it was not that it was we believed this, but like not like he didn't have too much of in the in the first ten games. So I'm still starting to to believe again. Yeah, I think I'm the same way, and I think it, it, we will have to be there for a little while, probably until after we have players return from injury, till maybe February, March, where we start to see how things pan out. It's gonna it's gonna be hard to get to the top of the triangle, um, and just hopefully don't go further down. In the meantime, I I think uh, Joel, you were the one who said that the next two games are I think are, are really critical because. Um, or the next two or three games, because going into that Christmas period, we actually get to the point where we've dropped six in a would that be six? Yeah, in a row. I mean, that it would, would be, it would be six if we were to drop um, West Ham, City, Newcastle. West Ham, Newcastle. So yeah, 
Yeah, I'm not going to get that down because I think we could beat West Ham at home. I think we should have beaten Villa at home. I think it's unlikely that we beat City, but I think we could take points off of City. Um, and then same thing with Newcastle. I think we could beat Newcastle on the road. I'm not saying it's going to happen. We'll see how I feel when we actually get there in terms of um, any kind of predictions. But <clears throat> I think it's, you know, even as we're stating the context matters, we can see this is a rough form of runs. It still does take a toll on you psychologically, like you were saying earlier, Jesse. It's just the the space of it. Having lost three in a row, even if you can logically think that was tough, and even if you can see coming up, this is also going to be tough. It's also going to be hard to kind of remind yourself to to uh, take a deep breath, give it more time. Like you you'd said earlier, if we had lost a couple earlier on the season, and now we we're on a six game winning streak, like it would be completely different in terms right. of. So I I think we just need to be. Uh, you know, circumspect to remember what we thought at the beginning of the season and and to keep in mind that strength of schedule and and all that stuff matters a ton. And after this run, I haven't looked, but we we have to have another easy run after. Not, I don't know if I'll go easy, but I, I mean, right now, I guess, is it two or three of the current top six? Newcastle's what, what place? And Villa's They're in fifth. seventh right now. So, yeah, I mean, so we're playing three of the top seven teams in a tiny span. West Ham hasn't been great this season, but they're – they're obviously, uh, what are they, mid-table, probably? Anyway, point stands the same. It's a rough patch. Let's uh, just stay positive and, and keep uh, keep kind of a longer-term perspective on it. As the listeners know, we've been doing score predictions. We're now 13 games into the season, so about a third through the season uh, with 25 Premier League games left and hopefully a few more FA Cups. Um, with 14 total games played, including that uh, League Cup loss to Fulham, um, we have been tracking our predictions, believe it or not. And so the way that we score it is if you get the score correct, you get three points. If you get the result correct, it counts as a draw. And if the result is wrong, obviously that's a loss. Right now, I have a narrow lead with 16 points. Jesse's on 15, Kim's on 14, and Ben's pulling up the rear with 11. So you know, two thirds into the season, uh, a third into the season, we've we've still got a lot uh, of ground to make up here. But Ben, since you're since you're kind of your wish casting has not gone in your favor thus far, so I'm, I'm curious to know where your prediction will be for the city away match. I mean, my predictions obviously aren't great, but apparently neither is my luck. So um, <laughs> there you go. I'm gonna go. I'll go to we were rolling early in the season and you just you just got a bunch of draws there. Yeah. Oh, uh, so you're saying two, I'll go two? Two, two though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's highly optimistic, but I'd rather be optimistic than pick City drilling us five one. I uh, I typed this in the sheet. Joel can confirm uh, before Ben said this, so I'm not uh, riding the coattails, but I also uh, I'm landing at a, at a two two. Um, I'll go a little further and say uh, Spurs come back at least once to uh, to equalize it. I don't know if we ever have a lead in this game, um, but I think uh, I think definitely come back at least once, whether it's one zero or or two one or even two zero potentially. Um, and I would like to to no one's surprise, um, I have predicted uh, a win in all but one match this year this is my <laughs> second uh draw prediction well, now i will point out it's been uh, working for you this far it has yeah. been working i i was i was top of the table until the till the villa result 
um, which, you know, if not for crossbars, I, I may have been correct, but um, yeah, the last time I predicted a draw was uh, I got on a hot streak. I, I predicted the correct score in, in three of four matches. That was a two, two draw against Arsenal that three of the four members of the pod uh, picked a two, two draw. And so we're, we're trending in that direction at the, at the moment with two, two, two predictions. I'm going to surprise you guys here. I'm actually going to pick us to win. Oh, my. Why am I picking us to win is probably what you're asking. What is wrong with this man? And really, it doesn't make any sense. But I feel like Spurs City matches never make any sense. I feel like there's always some weird thing happening. The last time we played City away, I think we had a 2-1 halftime lead. And then we ended up losing like 4-2. It's I don't know. It's uh, I think Emerson scored. Just a weird game. I feel like we're gonna be in for another weird one. Um, I do see a lot of goals because I think with two teams pushing for possession and playing a high line, you're just gonna have both teams conceding. Um, so two two seems fair. I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna go with three two. Um, and I and I, I'm so confident that Sonny will score. I I I, I might even bet on it. But I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna have him getting a brace. I feel like this is gonna be maybe a match for him to kind of get his juice back after um being offside for 90 minutes against Villa. Um and maybe this is this would be a nice catalyst not only for him, but for the rest of the team, the players who have not been starting. And I don't want them to fall too deep into the doldrums feeling like we can't win without our top players. And now that I'm playing, we're, we're bad again. And, you know, I think that can cause a lot of harm in terms of uh, player psyche. But I'm also looking at a city team that, like you said, has not really been blowing people away. I think the only real big blowout they had was against Bournemouth, um, which I think will play better than that. I think we are still creating chances, which we saw against Villa another team that plays a high line. So it's really just a matter of whether or not we finish our chances. Cause I think both teams will get theirs. Yeah. Um, and so I really think if we have a little bit more luck, um, three goals. So let's see. Love it. Love it. Luck, luck, uh, pendulum bounces back immediately. Um, and, and, the and, crossbars and, and, that's, go and in. that's the other thing, right? Imagine, imagine how the mood around the fan base will swing. If we win this game away and then we play West Ham at home, I think we then go into that match ready to smash them. Um, And I would prefer that than us going in after four losses, kind of looking over our shoulder and playing, you know, hesitantly, because I think if we play the way that we're supposed to play, we should be able to beat West Ham at home. Um, And I think a win at City would do a lot for uh, the confidence of the players. So usually. um, would hugely do a lot for it, yeah. And we still believe. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, we miss Kimmy. Gonna... She's in Belize. She'll be back when she's back. And I, I was just surprised that. And Jesse hopefully, did... we win before before Kim comes back. Yeah, I would... she's she'll be watching him down there. Us trounce all over city. But I was just uh, ex- I was surprised that Jesse didn't call a brace for Brian Hill and his two two <laughs> draw there. Well, Brian Hill's got to score a goal first before he could score two goals. He's going to assist and score them both somehow. Uh, real quick side note on that, and this is a controversial topic uh, or controversial opinion, but 
I think the two things should be uh, clarified or, 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 or called assists. If you hit the ball that uh, then forces an own goal, you yeah. should get an assist on that because you, you assisted draw the goal. Right. Or if you draw a penalty that then is then bagged in uh, by uh, by your teammate, I think the same in the NBA. If you make if you if you uh, make the pass, player draws a foul. They have to make both shots or all three shots. You have to go perfect from the line after the foul. You should get an assist for that. But sticking to soccer. Uh yeah, you you draw the penalty that leads to it. Now you can't get a double. If you draw the penalty and take it, you don't get two. It's just a goal. But if you draw the penalty, like if Brian Hill caught that elbow to the face, he should get an assist for his troubles, is my my opinion. So how about if you draw a free kick and then you had just a really good free kick taker? Is that an assist too? I hadn't I've not ever thought of that situation. I don't think so because there's still so much, like still the XG on that is still um you know, so if, it, if it's a foul right outside the box and somebody bangs in a free kick or a James Ward power special, I mean, that's yeah, kind I mean, of like, I won't stop. I'll, I'll, I'm fine. We're, we're, we're pushing the line one further back and then saying, yeah, sure. A, a, a foul drawn off of a free kick, um, you know, uh, counts. Well, I'm not going, I'm not saying add hockey assists or anything like that, but just those, those two things, I think you should, you should get an assist. I feel more strongly about the own goal. Like, yeah, I was going to say, I, I like the own goal that in. You the assisted, goal, you, you I don't, did I don't know something about the penalty one. Uh, made that's, the guy that's a little... miss or made the guy have to force it into his own net. I think the penalty one should be one too, though. I, I'm not, I'm not as quite so sure about the free kick, but again, you get an assist on a corner and what's the XG on that versus, you know, a, a free kick. I know it's yeah. probably a little Well, harder, a, a but... corner is I'm actually kicking the ball. It's not me getting fouled. That's not the I mean, same as a as a as a free kick or or yeah, a except that if you were to if you were to, to buy a penalty, then you're giving a, a way higher expected goal to a teammate than anything except for a tap in, basically. That's true, but the ball didn't come off my foot. I think that's we probably the should have had this conversation after we stopped recording, but uh no, this is this It'll is this is good content. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that's it, boys. Um, hopefully we make something happen, and if not, we'll be we'll still come back to talk about it. But I'm going three two. Come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! You Spurs. Thank you.